0: N-P-R.
1: This is the Indicator for Planet Money. I'm Adrian Ma.
2: I'm Waylon Wong, and this is Indicators of the Week.
1: That's right, and we're joined this week by our friend from Planet Money, Greg Rozalski.
2: Hey, guys. Ahoy, Greg. So today on the show, we are talking about some of this week's highlights in the news.
1: Some numbers that caught our eye this week have to do with the IRS, elite college admissions, and some good news on economic growth. All that
2: after the break.
3: Support for NPR and the following message come from W. W. Norton & Company, publishers of The Road to Freedom, Economics, and the Good Society by Nobel Prize-winning economist Joseph E. Stiglitz. The Road to Freedom is essential reading for those committed to the American ideal of an economic and political system that delivers well-being, opportunity, and meaningful freedoms for all. The Road to Freedom, available now wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute where hundreds of researchers and clinicians make new discoveries inspired by the work of previous Dana-Farber scientists. See why nothing is as effective against cancer as a relentless succession of breakthroughs. Learn more about their momentum. Go to DanaFarber.org slash everywhere.
1: Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP, always designing for people.
2: Indicators of the week. Adrian, you're up first.
1: Okay. Knock, knock.
2: Who's there?
1: The IRS, open up and give us your money.
2: Oh, no, no one's home. (laughs) No one's home. Pulling down the blinds, (laughs) turning off the lights.
1: So... so. Why I have uh, come up with this brilliant knock knock joke is because my indicator has to do with the IRS, which just announced this week that it is going to end a long time policy of making surprise visits to people's homes and businesses to collect back taxes.
2: So, you're telling me that for years the IRS was sending people out, I don't know, like agents and windbreakers to come knock on your door in a menacing (laughs) way and demand money? This seems like a weirdly inefficient way to collect back taxes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, I was actually picturing like people in black suits and shades, but, you know, the IRS has been doing tens of thousands of these in-person visits each year for decades. They send what are called revenue officers to people's homes and businesses that owe more than $100,000 in back taxes. So that is my indicator, $100,000. And the IRS says they would do these unannounced visits when people don't respond to multiple notices by mail. Now, they won't do it at all, except in relatively rare cases where there's a subpoena involved or they're seizing property.
0: And is that because, like, the plane tickets cost so much? Or what's ha- what's happening? Why are they doing this?
1: Well, yeah, th- there may be a few things going on here. It- it's worth noting that Republicans have been criticizing the IRS in recent months for what they perceive as overly aggressive enforcement tactics. Maybe that's a piece of it, but... What IRS Commissioner Danny Werfel has said is that, for one thing, there is a problem of people impersonating IRS agents. Scammers, basically, showing up at people's houses, and the agency doesn't want to add to that confusion by carrying on these surprise visits. And it's also a safety issue. So the the agency says that IRS employees have been the targets of threats and misinformation, And there's a real concern now about IRS officers showing up at doors of potentially hostile taxpayers.
0: Yeesh. That's the last time I impersonate an IRS officer. I'll tell you (laughs) one thing. How many times have you done this, Greg? (laughs) Only tens of thousands. (laughs) This
1: change also happens at a time when the agency is sort of doing a a big makeover. Um, It got about $80 billion last year from the Inflation Reduction Act. And the plan is to use that money to modernize the agency, make it more customer-friendly, and just more efficiently enforce the tax code. And the commissioner, Danny Werfel, has said that he wants to focus enforcement on big companies and also on high-wealth individuals that aren't paying taxes. And he says, you know, door-knocking for dollars just doesn't really fit into that new set of priorities.
0: Whoa there, that's an amazing segue because my indicator is also about high wealth individuals. Ah, okay. My indicator is two, as in if you take two kids with the same SAT scores, one from one of the wealthiest 1% of American families and the other from just like, you know, a run of the mill middle class family, the rich kid is two times more likely to go to an elite private college.
2: Wait, the same SAT score? So you're telling me some junior oil baron is getting into college easier than, say, the kid of a nurse or a teacher, even if they make the same SAT score?
0: That's exactly right. The The prodigious heir of the oil baron, like... <laughs> He has just a way bigger advantage, even when you take into account that they have the same academic credentials. And this is all according to a monumental study released this week by three economists, including one of my favorites in the entire field. Raj Chetty, professor of economics at Harvard University. Or as we have dubbed you on Planet Money, the the Beyonce of economics. If you'd like. (laughs) The big reason for this disparity, the economists find, is admissions. There are three factors here that they identify. First is kind of the obvious one, legacy admissions. If your mom or dad went to Yale, that's like a huge mark in your favor in the eyes of Yale. The next factor is a little less obvious, non-academic ratings.
2: Is this like extracurriculars, clubs, and community service and stuff like that? Exactly, You nailed it right
0: on the head. So Chetty says these kids tend to go to these like fancy prep schools. And as you might imagine, if your parents are paying like 50 grand a year for a fancy education, you'd expect better academic preparation, but remember this study is comparing kids with the same academic credentials. So these non-academic ratings are really important here in, in this difference. So there's, you know, as you said, extracurricular activities, there's like letters of recommendation, there's like working with them on their personal essays, stuff like that. The last reason is perhaps the least obvious for the rich kid admissions advantage they find that rich kids are just much more likely to be recruited because they excel at some sort of sport.
1: But in the case of the Ivy League schools, they're not necessarily known for sports, right? They're not the, the biggest football, basketball powerhouses out there.
0: That's right. But Chetty told me that they're likely being recruited for like these like fancy-schmancy like elite sports, like, I don't know, like fencing, rowing, lacrosse, th- these things that most of us are not playing. Whether intentionally or not, We currently have a system that appears to have affirmative action for kids from the richest families, the top 1% in particular, Mm -hmm. that um, gives them a substantial leg up in admissions relative to other kids. And Chetty says this kind of matters for all of us. They found that kids who go to these schools are much more likely to become like U.S. senators, leading researchers, Supreme Court justices, corporate executives, and reforming admissions there, this research suggests, might help make our elite a bit less of a club for people born into privilege.
1: All right, Greg, thank you very much for that indicator. Uh, round in the bend, last but not least, Whalen. what's
2: your indicator for the week? So my indicator is 2.4%. That's how much gross domestic product grew in the second quarter of this year according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis. A quick reminder, gross domestic product GDP is a measure of all the goods and services produced over a certain time period and it's a reflection of economic health. So the new numbers out this week show that growth is picking up. In the first quarter it was 2%, now it's 2.4%. This is an annual rate adjusted for inflation and seasonal effects. So growth beat expectations and is uh, welcome news for the soft landing crowd.
0: Woo, soft landing. It's like falling into like a velvet bed.
2: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That does sound really cozy.
1: This is big news because a lot of forecasters who were calling a recession are now probably crunching the numbers again.
2: Yeah, it looks like the economy is more resilient than a lot of forecasters were expecting, even though the Fed has been hiking interest rates, as we all know. Consumers are still shopping, although at a slightly slower pace than they were earlier this year. And businesses are spending on equipment and buildings. Business investment grew at an annual rate of over 7% in the second quarter. And adding to this rosier picture for the economy are some strong earnings reports this week, especially for tech companies. We saw Meta, Microsoft and Google all beating Wall Street estimates for their quarterly revenues and profits.
0: So does that mean like we're like out of the woods here or, or, or what?
2: It does look like the likelihood of a recession is more distant than it was before. But as we discussed on an episode earlier this week, monetary policy comes with a lag. The Fed just hiked rates again. Now they're at a 22-year high. So that could further slow down consumer spending or put pressure on people and businesses that are carrying debt. So I just have to keep watching.
1: I think we can solidly call this some good news.
2: I think we can head into this weekend feeling pretty good. No more visits from the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> Higher than expected economic growth. We still have the puzzle, the conundrum of college admissions to figure out. But, you know, we're going to live to fight another day, right? This episode was produced by Corey Bridges with engineering by Neil Rouch. and fact-checked by Sarah Juarez. Fiat laser senior producer, Kate Kincanon edits the show, and The Indicator is production of NPR.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Humana. Employees are the heartbeat of your business. That's why Humana offers group dental, vision, life, and disability plans designed to protect them. Exceptional service, broad networks, and modern benefits. That's the power of human care.
3: Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer?